Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, turn that button on, Stoffer, you idiot. Hour number three of Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Had a busy show. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Frank Cervalli from Daily Faceoff, courtesy of Horse Race in Alberta. Our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky was uh, Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. And in the cleanup spot, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling, NHL insider John Shannon. Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm great, Bob. How are you? Not a dull moment, is there? Well, you know, we always used to point fingers at the National Football League and suggest that they can create news on any day of any week of any month, even if the football wasn't being played. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs can do the same thing. They've always been able to do that. Was that was Harold Ballard's great secret? Is that he could get a headline in one of the four newspapers in town anytime he wanted, and and you know what? They did it again today. Yeah, um, pretty interesting stuff with Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. Uh, did Kyle Dubas overplay his hand with Shanahan and MLSE? Your take. Uh, you know, I I think lots of people would think that. Uh, I think that might be a fair assumption under the circumstances. But I truly believe that Kyle Dubas felt and feels that he's always going to be in a win-win situation. There will always be a job in the near future somewhere for him. Uh, at the same time, I think that he was now at a crossroads at his time with the Maple Leafs that if he didn't get exactly what he wanted to do the job whether that be authority whether that be money term then he was not going to take it and really what happened I think in the last 48 hours was a little bit of well if you don't really want it that way then we don't want you to have it and I in the end I think they agreed to disagree and and then the the news was uh, was given out this morning, and and Brendan had his press conference just an hour ago. So, uh, I I think in the end that Kyle Dubas could have had the job had he wanted it a hundred percent, but he didn't want it a hundred percent under the terms that he was offered to. And I also think Bob, as an aside, and whether Elliot talked about this earlier, I'm not sure. Uh, he did not endear himself to ownership of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment with his press conference on Monday. I right. think it bothered a few people. I, I think that it, it, it became an issue. Uh, why is he talking like this if he isn't our manager? And we need to, they're, they're in the hardcore business. They need, to, uh, they, they need to make a decision quickly, and that's exactly what happened this week. All right. Uh, who's the best bet to replace Kyle Dubas as the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, in your opinion, John? Uh, uh, at uh, you know at two o'clock Mountain Time on Friday of the long weekend, I would say it's Mark Hunter. Wow, I don't think Daily and Face. Daily Face was Mark Hunter not on the Leafs staff, and did he not draft oh, sure. and Mitch Marner? Uh, well, it was it was the famous 
uh, you know, Mark was in charge of the draft and Kyla was in charge of other things. Mark, when when Brendan first came here before Lou Lamorello arrived, it was kind of a co-general manager between Kyle Dubas and Mark Hunter. Right. I, I will throw out a few other names, just, you know, and some of them are still under contract elsewhere. Um, but, um, you know, you, you have to look at Brad for living. You know, he's he's a high-profile guy. Brendan would know Brad pretty well. He will obviously talk to him. Uh, and then there's a, a couple of people that are under contract with other teams that it would not surprise me that uh, there might be some discussions at some point, and that's Doug Armstrong uh, in St. Louis and Rob Blake in Los Angeles. Rob and Brendan are very close. In fact, when Brendan start ran uh, the director of uh, was the director of player safety for the National Hockey League, he brought Rob Blake in as his number two. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting for one moment that they have been approached. But if you're asking me for a list of people that Brendan Shanahan would be comfortable with, I think you'd have to put Doug Armstrong and Rob Blake on that list. All right. Mark Hunter, by the way, was announced as director of player personnel for the Leafs in 2014. Uh, after Dave Nonis was fired in 2015, Hunter, along with Dubas, were named co-interim GMs. When yeah. Lou Lamarillo left in April of 2018 and Dubas was named GM, Hunter agreed to mutually terminate his contract with the Maple Leafs. And uh, well, yeah, and, and you, you know, Bob, the, like the, the, the Dubas-Hunter rivalry is a deep one that goes all the way back to the OHL with Kyle in Sault Ste. Marie and obviously Mark and Dale in London. Yes. And invariably they would... And they're different the, guys, right? Meet. Right, like oh, uh, yeah. Dubas totally. was always totally. seen as boy wonder and analytics driven and the Hunters were seen as a little bit more old school. Uh, you mentioned uh, Brad Treliving, so too did Frank Cervelli, so too did Elliot Friedman. So uh, the daily face-offs listed, a couple, I, I don't see Matthew Darsh with Tampa Bay because I wonder whether or not if Matthew Darsh is going to be the next GM of Tampa Bay, that he's the ultimate successor. Where's, Ju- where's, where, where's Julian Breesbaugh going? He just got the job a couple of years ago. Yeah, he'll be that. I think they're going to keep him warming up in the bullpen for a couple more years, and then Julian will become the president, and Darsh will become the GM there. Uh, what about yep. Brad? What about Brandon Pridham, who's currently with the Leafs? Well, I think that it's possible. I mean, we already know that the Flames have asked permission to talk to Brandon about the job in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, Brandon started as a capologist um, and was uh, one of the main architects of the CBA that we, we seem to talk about on a daily basis on this show uh, and is, uh, is, is well regarded within ho- the hockey world. He does not have a high profile, though, Bob. And the question becomes with this job for the Toronto Maple Leafs, do you have to have someone who has a high profile that can manage the media, can deal on a day-to-day basis uh, with a board? I know that's really regularly Brendan's job, but that becomes a key question. I'm a huge Pridham fan. He's a good person, really good person. But you have to wonder um, you, if if he has a lot of the executive attributes of being a general manager. All right, uh, we're now going to switch focus to the ongoing situation in Arizona. Was the league surprised by the Tempe vote? I don't think they were. Um, I think that they were tempered uh, all along, even though the team researched and thought that they were going to be win it by eight or nine points. 
Um, but by the time Tuesday came, I think that there was an understanding and a realization there was a good chance uh, that the referendum and the three ballots would not pass. What happens now? Well, they bought themselves a year by already announcing that the team's going to play at Mullet for one more year. Yeah. Um, but I don't see it going past that, Bob. Uh, and I think what Gary is probably trying to do at this point is to manage the situation with Alex Morello to either create a partnership with the Phoenix Suns, who have new ownership, or find a new owner and, uh, and have Mr. Morello be bought out by a new owner in another city. Okay. Uh, it is interesting, John, because as you know, the Canadian Assistance Program helped prop up the Edmonton Oilers, the Ottawa Senators, the Calgary Flames for three seasons until we got the 0405 lockout. Uh, yep. $3 million bucks a year, and I know for a fact that those teams knew they weren't outbidding American teams on free agents and those sort of things. When we set up the, the salary cap and revenue sharing in the NHL, was the plan for one team to be taking... You know, uh, conservatively, what would you say on average Arizona would be taken from revenue sharing over the last 15 years? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's between 20 and $30 million a year. Oh. Um, there, there's no I mean, way. I mean, that... Let's face it. Let's face it. The big six, the big six teams, and you could pick whatever big six teams you want. Pay pay you know twenty to thirty million dollars into the program, right? Right. So that money's got, and, yeah. and it balances out in the end. So, so you know, like I, my understanding was, it was like seven to nine kick in and seven to nine kind of. T- I just don't think, I don't think the plan was ever for one team to take that much over this prolonged amount of time. Is that fair? I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and 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 let's face it, this this has, you know, Gary has. Gary has really put his own name beside this franchise in so many ways yeah. since the days of of the the Jerry Moyes situation, the Jim Balsilli situation, uh, everything that went around it, trying to make sure that the team could stay in the area. You know, I mean, we're you know we're now we're now in a in a period of time of twenty five. I guess 1997. So, uh, you know, in, in 25 or 26 years, we're talking three arenas, and if they stay uh, long term, it'll be a fourth arena in in a short period of time. That's a little disheartening. That's why I don't think I, I think we, we're we're much closer to the end game now, Bob, of the team leaving, and I think that after, at a certain point, even the commissioner has to admit that, you know, what the, the people have spoken and. Yeah. As much as and and there's a little bit of me, Bob, that says this this could be a great franchise. This could be a good hockey market, but they've never had strong ownership. At the same time, they've had a good hockey team. Yeah. And how many times in that period of time have they had a good hockey team, Bob? Not enough. Not. And not, it's not going to be easy this year. I mean, they might even have guys requesting to get traded out of there if they're back in the mullet again this year. That, well, that they could, are back. They've already admitted that. They've already said they're back in the mullet. Yeah, they're back in there, and I'm saying they could. I mean, Logan Cooley announced this today. He's not signing with Arizona. He's going back to school. That would have me nervous if I was Arizona, by the way. Yeah. No, I, It's the third I overall totally pick. Agree. All right. Uh, switching focus. What are you hearing on Ottawa, and uh, who's going to get the team there? 
I, well, I, the, the binding bids went in on Monday, uh, and we, we know the four groups. Um, and basically, there are three groups from Toronto, and then a group from California, and the one, that's the one that includes Snoop Dogg. Uh, their, so their binding bids are in place, and now what has to happen is the GSP, the uh, Galati Sports Group, will look at the bids and see what's the, the best number for the family, uh, then consult with the commissioner and the deputy commissioner about what's best for the game of hockey, and then they will go back and try to do a deal with either Michael Landlauer uh, or, or the, the group from California or the two other groups from, from Toronto. All right, you mentioned Michael Andelauer, who is already a, a part owner of the Montreal Canadiens. He has the Hamilton Bulldogs, if theoretically... Uh, they actually just moved, eh? What's they that? Just moved to, they just moved to Brantford. Well, are they, aren't they redoing the arena? Is that what's going on there? Yeah, but they're going to even call them the Brantford Bulldogs. So. They're what? They're going to call them the Brantford really? Bulldogs, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. How long are they in Brantford for? Just like a year or two? I think two no, two years, I think. Because they're, they're remodeling Cops Coliseum. Uh, tell me this. If Anilar gets the team, do you think Steve Stales will be the next GM of the Ottawa Senators? I think that there's a good chance that uh, that something like that would occur, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. he and Steve and Michael are great friends. Steve was the driving force when the, when the Bulldogs became such a successful OHL franchise. It would not surprise me that if, if Ann Lauer does take over the team, that uh, that Steve is is there in a in a very high profile position. Could you envision a scenario? Because Ken Holland did not discuss this in his media availability. He said that you know he's got a year left in his contract. He's going to see it through. Um, I, I get the sense that the Oilers' top end guys believe in uh, Ken Holland. Did, could you foresee a scenario where Ken would stay beyond the, the current contract? I think everything's on the table. You know, I, I think that one of the things that I got out of Kenny's press conference, in addition to his fr- his frustration of not winning enough uh, these playoffs, was that uh, unfinished business. Yeah. And if there was a way to create uh, a, a, a scenario that he could stay and wants to stay, and and Daryl wants him to stay to finish the business, if if they were that close, then it would not surprise me. I I, I think there's you know there's you and I have talked about this a few times, both on and off the air. The changes that Kenny's made, you know, have pointed this franchise in in, in a really good direction. And are there mistakes every once in a while? Sure. sure. But everybody makes mistakes every once in a while. The team is in much better shape with Ken Holland through four years than it was if he wasn't there. And so I think that a lot has to, he has to be given credit for a lot of the success that the team has had. That said, you know what, when you get into your mid-60s, and I can speak from experience, when you get into mid-60s, there are other things that might, you know, challenge your life too, and you might want to take advantage of those. But I know Kenny, he's a competitor, he likes to win. He has enjoyed having his name engraved on the Stanley Cup three times already. Why not a fourth? Uh, by the way, how many guys have uh, GM two different teams to a Stanley Cup championship? How many guys have, have uh, I was going to say one. Who's that? Frank Zelke Sr. Okay. 
I, I, I'm just getting, I'm guessing off the top of my head. Yeah. There, there haven't been. There's been I, nobody in the modern era. He's got a chance to do something nobody's ever done before. Uh, my hope is that he does uh, stay in the mix beyond his current contract. Uh, all right, John, I'm going to ask you a, a super tough question because I gave you all the softballs easy today. What's the longest game you ever produced on TV? Uh, well, I, I tell you what, I was uh, I was the executive producer and in the control room for that game in uh, in Pittsburgh between the Flyers five and overtimes. the Penguins, the five overtime game. That would have been you know, which is I think is that the second or third longest of all time. I think yes. was the one Keith Primo. Keith yeah. Primo. I think that's second, uh, right behind the uh, Mud Brutnell goal and six OTs. Mud Brunetto, yeah, um, yeah. I did not do that one. Uh, I, I did not do much. You were at that game. game, though, weren't you? Just <laughs> no, no. but I, I, but I, I think my most memorable long overtime was the triple overtime game in 1996, Game Four of the Stanley Cup Final, uh, when Uwe Krupp scored from the point and the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> right. in their first year. In their first year in Colorado, coming from Quebec City, uh, beat uh, Doug McLean's Florida Panthers to win the Stanley Cup. That was triple overtime. Tell, so tell they're us. always fun. Oh, they're fun, but you got come on, man. You know darn well half the people that are working are like somebody score oh. a goal here. Just get oh. this well. you, 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 you know that, right? We, we, you know, in the old days when we had to do a lot more planning, and you did everything, you did everything from the stu- from the uh, arena, Bob, and you were part of those nights. Uh, people would joke at me, and I would say, "Okay, I'm going to book you just in case you're my uh, second guest in double overtime." And they'd say, "Well, ne- you'll never need me." Yeah. And then I'd say, "Okay, you're my second guest in triple overtime." I used to have lists of guests for the host to talk to, in 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 overtime intermissions, double overtime intermissions, triple over. Overtime intermissions, and I had it set up every night, every night, and rarely did we get to triple. But every once in a while, we got to double overtime, and people would laugh and say, "Okay, well, I said I would do it, so here I am." That's awesome, John. Have a uh, great uh, long weekend. Okay, uh, no show on Monday. Best of Oilers now. The Edmonton Elks start their preseason. So uh, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell and Brandon Escott and uh, Blake Dermott are all part of that show with David Bowles. Uh, and we'll be back at you middle of next week. Okay. Right on, Bob. Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot. It is 2:23 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers now. We'll take a timeout. 225 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. Um, well, we've had a wicked run on guests here. Uh, Elliot Friedman from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Our Will Hawk Beef Jerky headliner today was Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Frank Saravelli for the horses and horse racing. Alberta reminder, no live racing out at Century Mile tonight due to a smoke. And John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Do you want to tell you, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang want you to know about their flash sale, 10000 bucks off remaining 2022 F-150s. The boys also say they're playing top dollar for trade-ins. They've got a uh, run on used vehicles. They need more. If you got a vehicle that's in good condition, they'd be happy to buy it from you outright. Call them at 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to some texters. A lot of you have chimed in on um, the situation involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, there was a lot of positive energy on Jay Woodcroft's appearance, and Brendan's also going to talk. He's going to educate me a little bit on the Edmonton Elks and some of the storylines heading into the season as uh, we get ready. 
there you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, Jim Rutherford, two, and Tommy Gorman, four, have won a Stanley Cup with more than one team. Hoping Ken Holland is uh, the next one to do it with more than one team. Nicely done, Glenn the bartender. Is this like, I, I knew a Glenn that worked in the bar business back in the day. He worked with the Sawmill Group. And he was a smart dude. Hoping Ken Holland is the third next season. So Jim Rutherford, Rutherford would have done it where? Carolina and Pittsburgh and Tommy Gorman. Where was Tommy? He was Chicago. I know that for sure. Uh, or was he Chicago back in the day? We'll have to get, you know what? We're going to look that up during the break. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. This is Oilers Now.